Hello there, and welcome to Gooner U, where there are no degrees because the learning never stops. I'm Dove, a TA here at Gooner U, and my friend Keith is our stalwart distinguished professor of Arsenal and Football Studies. This week featured the conclusion of the November international break, as well as a Premier League match at Brentford's G-Tech Stadium. Hello, Keith. Hello, Dove. I hope you had an enjoyable American Thanksgiving, or as they say in England, Thursday. <laughs> Yep. Uh, I was worried that I wouldn't be able to top our intro from last week. I, I hope I came close. Yeah, no, we, we uh, the, you know, it was, as you said, it was, it was decidedly less adorable, but that's okay. Um, yeah. And you know what, you know, what makes everything just better about this episode? We're top of the league. Again. We are. <laughs> Yeah, we weren't sure if this day would come this year, and it came fairly early. We'll we'll see how long we can hold on to it. Yeah, one one day at a time, right? But uh, it was yeah. good. It's good to see, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about the game that got us there, as well as we can also perhaps mention the other game that got us there a little bit earlier in the day. But uh, yeah, we had uh, you know for for a non Arsenal week, there was or a relatively non a light Arsenal week based on what we have coming up. Um, an Arsenal half week, a half a half Arsenal <laughs> week, uh, but still plenty, still plenty to talk about for in the the wide world of of soccer. So, oh, of course, always it never sleeps. <laughs> so yeah, if uh, I don't have anything in the way of follow up or or really news outside of an event you told me about that happened uh, during one of our Colma Bowl uh, teams that we're following, so want to start there. Uh yeah, I guess we could just jump right into to uh, the the second stage of World Cup qualifying. Right. So so Argentina was uh, playing in Brazil and they did eventually manage to win uh, one nil. That game was delayed, I believe. Right. Yes. Um, I, I simply saw the headline and forwarded the article to you. But apparently because there's never a dull moment when it's Brazil, Argentina, apparently there was a massive fight in the stands. Um, it delayed kickoff with a half hour, I think they said. Um, yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's not ideal, uh, but yeah, players such as Messi were quick to criticize the Brazilian police's treatment of Argentine supporters. Probably so not that's with, their side of it. Yeah, and probably not entirely without merits. <laughs> you know, again, Brazil, Argentina shenanigans. Yeah, never, never a dull yeah, moment. But, uh, so Nicolas Otamendi had the winner midway through the second half. Um, I believe his name has come up as a goal scorer in other rounds. So mm-hmm. he seems like uh, a player to watch as Argentina progresses through. Uh, so they remain top of the table, two points ahead of Uruguay. And as I re- and, and uh, as I, I recall, yeah. just to throw in, did 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 I see it that all three Gavis played in that game for Brazil? You know, I didn't check. Uh, if you believe so, I believe it. Well, I, I know because it was a big thing with, with Gabriel Jesus in particular getting the start. And I understand he went, uh, he played a good chunk of the game. Um, oh, interesting. Because, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll come up later in the Brentford match. But I, I had a feeling that his knee maybe not being top shape still was why he was probably substituted out when he was in that match. So it's interesting to note that he had some international Playtime. Well, so that was that was an interesting thing coming into it. Uh, br- br- the uh, Arsenal was apparently not thrilled that he got called in, um, but yeah, Arsenal has a long-standing policy of if players get called up by their national team and they want to go, Arsenal will let them. 
Uh, at least that was generally yeah. the case under Wenger and for many years before that. I don't know quite if it's the same way here, but apparently they Brazil called them in, called him in, and I mean, you know, guys want to play for their national team, and and to turn that that down, like even yeah. if you're kind of saying I don't know how I'm feeling, like, to turn that down. I mean, if you're Brazil, listen, we've got attacking players. We don't we don't need you necessarily. So it could hurt yeah. you down the line to to get that call or not take that call. Um, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So all three Gabriels actually played for Brazil. I looked it up. Um, my Jesus went full 90, so he played the whole game. You know, coming back from injury, that's, of course, just what you want to see from an Arsenal perspective. Um, <laughs> yeah, but both Martinelli and uh, Gabriel Magalhães were both subbed out later in the game. Fun story about Gabriel's uh, substitution. Uh, he was subbed out for Joel Linton, who several minutes later decided to get himself a red card and was thrown out of the game. So not so uh, great if you're Brazil, um, but I suppose if you're following Argentina, like someone on this show actually is, I suppose that was a little bit better for better results yeah. for them. Eh, interesting. So how did Colombia fare? Uh, Colombia uh, finished up a, a good window with the win over Brazil. They followed that up, followed that up by a, with a one 0 win in Paraguay, uh, which is a pretty good window for pretty good window at all overall for Colombia. They're currently third in the standings, um, and I, I, it's too early to say they're definitely going to qualify for the World Cup. But they are in excellent shape to qualify for the World Cup, which isn't a surprise. They're a talented bunch. They've got some they've got some good pieces around. Um, but Colombia can feel pretty good about how qualifying qualifying is going to this point. Um, I believe I saw, I closed the tab. And so of course lost it. Um, I believe the next window for South American qualifying is, is actually not March. It's actually not going to be till September of next year. So ah, okay. there's a little bit of sure. time for that before yeah, that next week. They window. don't have as many teams and it's a more straightforward tournament structure, I guess. So. Right. And they've done this. I think they said since like 1998, we talked about this, the, the full yeah. league table, which increasingly you start to wonder, even as we go forward in towards like 2030 and, and we go through another 48 team world cup, how much does that make sense? If, if it's the top, six who qualify are you know straight away that's you know maybe maybe a different qualification system makes more sense but again there's all sorts of chatter about how internationals are being done all these nations leagues you know get rid of opportunities for good friendlies so there's there's a lot of layers to that how that conversation will go but it'd be curious to see if that's what ends up happening uh, as we move into uh, to the 2030 cycle but we're, we've just started 26 so let's not talk much about 2030. <laughs> Agreed. So, AFC, you want to start with Japan? Uh, sure. So, Japan played their second game uh, in the... Uh, in this window, uh, they played Syria in Saudi Arabia, a game they won 5 0. Uh, we, were, we weren't sure last time about Tomiyasu. He, he was there. He played, uh, he started, played about 76 minutes, and was subbed out. Uh, Japan easily handled Syria, which isn't a surprise. A, Syria is not very good, and B, they're playing in Saudi Arabia because they can't play in Syria. Uh, so um, that's good to see that from, from the Japanese perspective. They are top of the group with six points. Uh, they they have North Korea lined up uh, in their next window, which is the only team that's likely to give them a real challenge out of this group. But it's good to start mm. good to start out the way this way, uh, racking up six points right off the start. Uh, can we say the same though for India? <laughs> India did not do as well. They played against Qatar and lost zero uh, three. 
So it was not a strong performance for them. They ended the match with no shots on goal. Uh, so they are currently tied in the second place within their group. Qatar above them with six. Uh, they have three. So, mm. yeah, uh, not not doing as well. But, uh, you know, still still time left to try and, you know, <laughs> they're not out of it yet. <laughs> No, I, that is a, that. Yeah, that that is though. I mean, to lose at home though, you know, three nil at yeah. home is a tough is a tough result to take. And we talked about right. Qatar sort of being one of the team, you know, probably the 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 top team in the group. Obviously, they still have that win against Kuwait, which will look good. But uh, you know, in Kuwait, but they'll have to play the they'll play them later. Um, yeah, the next window is in March for the uh, for for the for at for the Asian qualifying there. So right, yeah. It's interesting. We'll we'll see how they do. It's it's another one of these things that's just kind of funny. Like so, Google actually we we've t- we talked a f- I don't know three four weeks ago. Um, we were talking about Major League Baseball and how they have the live uh, like play by play transcription and you know mm-hmm. all the events of the match. Google showed me for the Argentina Brazil match. They had like a kind of text summary where they showed the Joe Linton red card and all the substitutions and then the goal and who scored it. They had all that on, you know, Google summarizing it from a web page. And, you know, the, um, the match for, uh, South Africa, we, we were about to get to, you know, that was covered on ESPN. Uh, mm-hmm. for India, yeah, it was ESPN India. I, I guess they have their own separate site for India. Yeah, uh, mostly so co- mostly covers cricket. Status again, yeah, probably yeah. again. <laughs> I, I, again, it's it's the filler between cricket matches. So, yep. But that was that was cool. That they had that. I hadn't, I hadn't been looking for just the results of a match really before using Google like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a useful way of presenting a, a decent overview of what I was looking for, at least. So, mm-hmm. so speaking of South Africa, they had a tie against Rwanda. This was their match away, and they did lose to Rwanda 2-0. So they are now second place in the table with uh, three points. Rwanda has four. So uh, Tough tough loss there, uh, you know, dropping points. Um, just looking at that table. Obviously, we talked about the the real one, trick one, tricky one there is Nigeria. Uh, still with a lot to play for for them, but not a great start for the Nigerians. Um, but, yeah, for South Africa, I think there's still obviously a lot to play for. Um, in that group, and I mean, it's it, I mean that that group ends. I'm looking at this. Their next their next game, their next window in Africa is going to be in June of next year in the summer. So hmm. long way to go. Um, that you know that that round of qualifying ends in October 2025. So we've got a ways to go hmm. in the in that uh, African in, as far as that stage of African qualifying. So we curious right. to see how that 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 group already with Nigeria dropping points early. That group looks really interesting. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So what about Egypt? Uh, Egypt we touched on mostly because they're they played their second oh, game done, right? before. Yes. Uh, again, a pretty good window for Egypt. Six nil at home against Djibouti. Two nil at home or two nil away to Sierra Leone, which was actually played in Liberia. Presumably Sierra Leone having some difficulties within that country. Um, they're on top of the group. Which isn't a surprise. Uh, there are Egypt always a strong African side. They're the best team in this group. Um, good start for the Egyptians. Mohamed El Neni played in both games. Uh, apparently played all of them in both games. So good for him. Um, you know, Mosala had four goals <laughs> for for Egypt in the the six 0 win over Djibouti. Uh, but yeah, good start for the Egyptians, and then they'll be back at it in June. 
as we said, for the next window, uh, Burkina Faso and then Guinea-Bissau for uh, the Pharaohs next time out. <laughs> I should say, I should say one of the other thing, I, I think one of the things that's going on there in, in the case of both Asia and Africa, one thing we'll watch for, we'll talk a little more about this when we get to uh, that, that time of the calendar after the new year, uh, the, both of their continental competitions are in January. So that's the Africa Cup of Nations and the Asian Cup. So, I, uh, you know, Japan definitely, Japan and Egypt definitely in that. I'm pretty sure South Africa is as well. And I'm not sure about India, but they might be also. So I'd have to look and see that. But that'll be in January. And of course, we'll talk about also as well about the, the arsenal impact of that because there will be an sure. arsenal impact. Uh, so. Uh, that that'll I'm sure that'll lead partly into why there's such a delay before their next round of qualifying. Yeah. All right. So, how did the guys do? Um. Oh, I'm which guy? Which guys? Which, <laughs> the guys. The, I, the, the guys, guys. The guys. Oh yeah, the, Amer- <laughs> the Americans. Right. Uh. So yeah. As, I don't keep why because well, we had that conversation about South Africa being the boys. But anyway, right, right. Um, yeah. I'm sticking. Yeah. With that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as we talked, to, yeah, as we talked about last time, as we recorded or after we recorded, it was right after the U.S. Uh, beat Trinidad to advance to the semifinals of the Nations League, which will be held in Arlington in March, Arlington, Texas, in March at uh, Cowboy uh, well, AT and T Stadium is its official name, Cowboys Stadium or, or Jerry World is its both affectionately and not affectionately known. Uh, that we have learned the results of the other quarter, the other quarterfinal matches uh, were finished on Tuesday evening. Um, the U.S. will face Jamaica, which won apparently a bonkers game up in Toronto to upset Canada. A bit of an upset of Canada, um, winning that ga- winning that tie on away goals. And then in the other one, Mexico scored in the 11th minute of stoppage time. Oh, 11 minutes of stoppage time. How interesting. Mexico scored in the 11th <laughs> minute of stoppage time to draw Honduras. That uh, tie went to a, or I should say, to win 2-0, which tied the, the overall um, set. They went in, ended up going to penalties where Mexico ultimately prevailed. Mexico will face Panama in the other semifinal. Um, these four countries, the U.S., Jamaica, and Panama, Mexico, have now all automatically qualified for uh, the Copa America, which we talked a little about is going to be held in the U.S. Uh, as for the other teams, there are two spots remaining in the Copa. Canada and Trinidad will play uh, one game in a knockout. Uh, Honduras and Costa Rica will play in another. The winners of those games will qualify for the Copa America, along with the other teams in there. Uh, one other thing to keep an eye on, I'm just looking at that. I'm turning my head to look at my calendar. Uh, because it's November. Uh, so December 7th, December 7th is the draw for the Copa America. The U S is in pot one, uh, with Brazil, Argentina, and I believe Mexico as well. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We could probably talk about that when it gets closer or when that time is coming, but, um, sounds like a hot pot. Yes, it's going to be a it's going to be a good one because it's because it means we don't have to play Brazil or Argentina, which is all I really want at this point. So, um, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, I was thinking of it as a group, not a pot. Now, no, 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 yeah, no. That was good. That would be yeah. that would be a terrible setup for a tournament. <laughs> right. um, I mean, it, it, but it is to our credit. You look at it, and I, I believe at least, and I'm sure the their FIFA will have another set of rankings before then. But uh, we are actually at a bit in a combined Americas setup. We're we are actually one of the top four teams in the Americas in terms of our FIFA ranking. Which how much does the FIFA ranking really matter? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but but you know that it is a credit to the program and where it is overall. We're definitely not at Brazil Argentina level, but there's no reason we can't be in the same conversation as a as a Colombia or even a Uruguay. Although I, 
will take Uruguay over pretty much everyone except Brazil and Argentina at this stage. Mm-hmm. But but we'll see where we are next summer. It's a great opportunity for the U.S. and I'm excited to be a part of it, especially since it's happening here in the United States. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, it was funny actually. I was uh, out on the playground with my son, and there's a it's, it's a school playground, so there's a field there, and there's some kids kicking around a soccer ball, and they had soccer jerseys on. And I was trying to identify who the clubs were, and I couldn't really make it out. I wasn't sure what I was seeing, but then I saw on the back that oh, it's a Ronaldo jersey. They're they're jerseys for the Saudi team where he's playing mm-hmm. now. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I mean that's why that's why they bought him. <laughs> right. I mean, heck, that's why MLS brought in Messi because they knew he'd move shirts. Uh, so I, like, I can't. It's not a criticism, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile, I would like to thank Zencaster, which is of course the product that we use for recording this very show. We are using it as. Keith and I speak. So we use it for every episode and um, it takes care of all the behind the scenes stuff as far as recording and upload and synchronizing and communication while we're doing the show. So it is a super easy platform to record a podcast. You just log in using your web browser and you start recording a high quality podcast right away. You record studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen, knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. It is an all-in-one solution, so if you've thought about podcasting before and you gave up thinking you needed a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and then distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. So with their new iPhone app, it is also easier than ever to record now with their direct app that Zencaster made so you can podcast on the go. So if that sounds good to you and you want to ignite your dream, go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code Gooner, G-O-O-N-E-R, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It's time for you to share your story. Again, use code Gooner at checkout or use the link in the show description. So Arsenal had a good week. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, yeah, good. That, good that everyone's back. Um, not an easy game, uh, you know, going no. to Brentford. Uh, you know, we. The, I mean, we'll we'll spoil the ending. Arsenal wins. Yeah. Although I suppose no. if you're listening, you probably knew that. Uh, but I better say, you know, uh, they they have uh, yeah. other other clubs have other big clubs have struggled at Brentford um, in uh, this season and in recent years. So for us to come in and have won. The second time, by the way, because don't forget, we beat them there in the League Cup a little bit earlier this year. Um, you know, that's a that's a that's a credit to us, you know, to be able to, to pull yeah. off that result, um, you know, at Brentford. So good on us. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was it was an interesting match. It. <laughs> I I guess one thing that I definitely want to make sure we address is Ramsdale's performance. Mm -hmm. Um, He had a couple notable errors. Um, What was your take on it? Because I definitely had some thoughts. Um, So uh, first off, we should, we should talk a little bit about, I mean, so how well did you pick up on why Ramsdale was playing in the game? They explicitly mentioned that this was contractual because of the Brentford loan of Raya, which we touched on when we played them at home. 
Right. Well, or, when we played it them, wasn't the at cup. home. It was the cup. Right. 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 Which yeah. which is interesting that they decide. I, I, I that's an intricacy. I'm not sure I would have known that. It. I mean, because I knew about that rule. It was interesting to me that that because he, he they could I guess allow it in the cup or something. I was here. I'm still a little. Uncertain oh, interesting. So you're saying in the cup we could have played Raya but chose not to. This time we weren't allowed to? You're right. Or I thought actually they said that. I believe that actually. I have to. I'm now going to look this up. I believe that actually that was Raya's debut actually with us. I thought was playing in that in in that game uh now i'm trying to look now i'm trying to find yeah no i'm somewhere. pretty sure i remember at the time that that was the first time ramsdale had played since raya's debut with us right yeah yeah he uh yes he he that's right he came back and, and played um yeah in that game so but yeah apparently they said he could play it's an interesting but yeah obviously at this one there seemed to be no doubt he wasn't playing and you know and um um i thought it was a tale of two halves I thought in the second half he was much better, and I think some of that comes from a little bit of rust, and some of that also comes from a little bit of uh, being a little amped up. We know Ramsdale's a really emotional guy, um, and that sort of thing impacts his play, and a lot of times in a positive way, and especially he, the banter he has with the fans, the give and take there. I mean, it certainly, I think, benefited his performance uh, when we went there in the in the cup earlier this season, uh, but early on you could tell he looked a little bit off. Obviously, he had two very high profile mistakes that uh, um, I believe is that one of the one of the analysts said he referred to him as a lucky boy, which uh, <laughs> he was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, and they were. Yeah, I, I think there's just he, he noted, so the, the two plays obviously that that are. That are noteworthy. That are real. The real big mistakes. The first one that leads to the the goal line clearance by by Rice or the block by Rice. Um, I think he's like they talk about doing too much of the ball. I think he just scuffs it. That looked at me like he was preparing a pass. He just kind of missed the ball, and maybe that's rust. Maybe that's nerves. But he just kind of scuffed it. And of course, it was right there, obviously at the foot of a of a Brentford player. The second one was clear over energy, where he he throws the ball and just spikes it right in the dirt and that that to release in time yeah yeah that to me is an over energy uh that is just a kind of an amped up and maybe it was maybe it was building on the earlier mistake that now you feel like oh i i have to do something to make up for that i have to play a little bit better he gets excited and just (laughs) there goes the ball into the into the turf and uh nothing nothing came of that um i thought the second half he was better a little bit more assured but yes the first half uh as he said lucky boy do you think that him kind of being demoted within the roster just affected his his confidence at all going into it? Do you think there's any more like self doubt or anything because of that? Do you think that's affecting him? Um, I, I, I'm I want to be very careful about too much armchair armchair psychological anal- analysis, sure. just because there's so many layers to that. I I think. I guess he wouldn't be. It, he, he, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a little bit of that. But, but Ramsdale's always had a good deal of confidence, and frankly, a lot of like at that level of the sport, especially for a keeper, a position like keeper, where you have to have you know that that's a goldfish memory position. You have to have that mindset, just because. I mean, I've, I've heard this. Uh, hockey goalies will talk about this. You know, that's imagine if every time you made a mistake at your job a red light went off, sirens sounded, and thousands of people cheered. Like, you know, right, yeah, the the stakes of of making an error like that are so much higher, and so you have to have a certain amount of, okay, shake it off. And and I think some of it was just rust. He hasn't played in a while. 
Um, mm. I, I, he, he is a very confident person. And we've seen that. He's a very confident player. So I don't know if that's a confidence problem. I think it was a little bit more rust uh, and maybe maybe a little bit of nerves. I mean, you know, the, the fans, they were giving it to him well, in part because obviously they knew David Raya. He played for, for them. And so they have... I, we can't repeat the chant here on the uh, on on the podcast, but they they offered their comparison to Raya, and you you got to think that gets to him a little bit. But um. mm-hmm. interesting. But yeah, I mean, while we're still talking about the the lucky boy aspect of this, I mean, oh my gosh, that that block by Declan Rice was amazing. It's yeah, and it's it's a lot of that's just his kind of you know we we. we we could send this now to the Declan Rice appreciation moment of the, of the podcast. It's like <laughs> his, his ability to, to be in the right place. He's a player who's very, he clearly has excellent instincts for where he needs to be. And he does, I mean, I, cause I had seen, the, I, so I watched the game on delay. I was traveling when it was playing live. So I had seen the highlights and I knew that play was in there. Cause Oh, oh dear, that that's making a highlight package. Um, so <laughs> when it happened, when I was watching the game, I saw, I sort of was trying to watch Rice, and you can see he beelines immediately for the goal. Like, he recognizes what's going on and where he should be in that instance. And there's a certain level, you can coach that to a certain extent, but some of that's just instinct, and he shows the great instincts there uh, to do that and, and to be in position. And and uh, there was another one uh, in the second half, Zinchenko, who we've been very right. critical of defensively, for good reason. Uh, sort of the same thing. Instinctually gets himself in the right place, makes a, you know, it puts himself in position to block on the goal line, and yeah. and from there Arsenal's able to eventually able to score. But um, yeah, and yeah, Declan Rice too is not even just like definitely being in the right place was a big part of it, and it was also just the presence of mind, the instincts, the reflexes to use the right part of his body too. Like I can imagine myself if I were playing defense and like, especially like having like playing keeper more of a defense, but mm-hmm. like just drive to use your hand to block that. And the way he just like lifted his leg yeah. and use whatever it was like the inside of his thigh, whatever part of his leg yeah. blocked that, that was, wow. It was just really something. I mean, some of that is just the, the, you think about it. I mean, he's been playing the sport his entire life. The oh, instinct sure. kicks sure. in. You're not supposed to use your hands. I was a little mm-hmm. surprised. Like you see, a lot of times those guys, they tuck their hands in behind their behind their back. So there's definitely no no arm contact. He doesn't do it though, but he's very clever. Keeps right. his balance. Has his foot out. Like is very good about positioning his body and getting a good getting the block in and not just like throwing himself in front of it, blocking it and being able to do something with it to get it away. Um, so yeah. that was, you know, just overall, just a really good play by him. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's my two cents on the Ramsdale thing. I don't know you as, yeah. as the, the, the keeper on this, this show. I mean, what did, what did you think of his performance overall? Yeah, no, I, I mean, clearly those mistakes were very lucky that they didn't cost us in the end. Um, I think it does. I, I agree with you. I think rust and nerves is the easiest explanation for for those mistakes, which I don't remember making before. That's that's why it's so notable. Like these are not things that we've seen him do much at all, let alone twice in the same match, which is why it deserves some discussion, you know. Um but yeah, it was uh <laughs> it was a relief that that we had a good enough defensive squad to <laughs> shut down the, the yeah. chances afforded by those. So. And and I do think they made this, and I think the comment was made there. I like or somewhere the the stat popped up. We we've 
We've allowed, I think, 10 goals in the Premier League all season. I mean, we do have a very good defensive record overall. And we'll talk, we can talk a little about this in terms of just the old, when we get sort of an overall holistic picture of this game. We, you know, we've generally controlled games. Yeah, we've given up 10 goals in the league uh, all season, which is uh, is the best in the league. Although Liverpool's only given up 11, which is a bit of a surprise. Um, hmm. But yeah, I mean, we're definitely in that. It, we're we're well behind the pace in terms of the goals. I think in terms of goals scored relative to last year, but definitely doing a very good job defensively, which has been, you know, I mean, I love I love good defense. I'm, I'm not gonna. There's no I, some people are complaining. I honestly, as long as we're playing good defense and not giving up a lot of chances, which we aren't. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm I, so far I, I don't have a lot of complaints. In that regard, yeah. I should say. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I think as far as officiation goes, I think overall the match moved. There weren't really a lot of calls in general. I think overall it went pretty pretty smoothly. There was not a lot of stoppage time. It was a pretty straightforward match officiation-wise, except, of course, the, <laughs> the offside call in the wake of Trossard's first goal. Um what I mean, what I, I understand typical offsides a lot more than I do with what ended up happening. Like I, I get why I get because the ball is onside and the ball was past the last defender. So okay, fine. I I understand that they drew the lines and it was clear cut and that that was offside. I guess I don't necessarily understand why the rule is written in such a way that that is a problem. Like when your whole team manages to get ahead of the last defender, why can't you pass it forward? Um, I think, and I'm, I'm now trying to pull up because I, as I ended up closing my browser earlier, so I lost all the stuff I had opened. Uh, so I'm trying to pull up the laws of the game and get the exact wording on the offside. My suspicion is as we're not hunting for it, this is kind of one of those weird marginal situations where it doesn't feel like it should be a problem. Yeah, because every, the ball is past the last defender like that, but but I suspect because of the way the the rule is actually draw the rule is actually written, I suspect is part of that. Hold on, I'm, I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to to vamp a little bit while I, while I oh yeah. This, so so this you're saying you think it's more of like a technicality, like maybe this isn't what they'd intended with the rules, just kind of fall out of the way that the rule is. Um, yeah, more or less. That's kind of where that that uh, instinctively for me. That's that's kind. That's my I guess as I'm looking for it. All right, you know, law, law of the game, law eleven offside. Um, let's see. Yeah. So okay, I see it. So here's a player is in an offside position. This is direct from the laws of the game. Player is in an offside position if any part of the head, body, or feet is in the opponent's half and any part of the head, body, or feet is nearer to the opponent's goal line than both the ball and the second-to-last opponent, or second-last opponent, excuse me. Um, So if you notice, what they're measuring there is where Trossard is relative to the ball when Jesus has it and make and first right. makes his play because he because he heads it in and it's actually Trossard knocking it on the rebound, but because yeah. of his position when the ball is played, the keeper doesn't have possession of it, and so that that rebound he is already in the offside position, and so that I think is is where that comes from. Now again, it's rare you're going to have two players like that behind the defense fully. Right. And it's going to be rarer still that actually one of them, you know, the guy with the ball would be further back. You'll see this occasionally. There, are, I have not seen it in years, but you used to see on occasion two players 
running in free and you'd see one of, you know, uh, the two on O and then the keeper and they would pass to the other guy to, you know, get a tap in goal. But even in those cases, the guy, you know, the guy with the ball is a little bit ahead of the other player. Right. So when he makes he's, the pass, he's across, timing his run. Yeah. When he makes the pass across, the other player just runs onto it and finishes it, which is ideal. Like it's harder. Yep. It, it's easier to square straight across as opposed to like trying to angle even further in front of the guy. Like if you think about the angles you have there, the keeper can come out and make a play on the, the pass. And so I, you know, it's, it's, um, but yeah, so basically because he is in front of the ball between the last defense, the second to last defender and the, and the goal, he is offside. And you saw that, like, there's no, there was no right. argument from the Arsenal players. There was no argument from the Arsenal bench. There was no yeah. reaction. Everyone just said, yep. No. They, they measured the was, lines. It was offside. Right. I didn't think it was a bad call. It was just like mm-hmm. an irritating call. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It was like a groan, like, ah, oh, really? Yeah. Ah, okay. I yeah. still think one of these days it would be fun to become dictators of the game for an episode and like talk about like if we could rewrite the rules at our whims like how what we might do differently i think that'd be something fun to do <laughs> yeah that idea floats out now and again and there's all sorts of weird ideas I, i'll be honest i don't know it'd be a great episode because i don't have a lot of like i i don't know i'm i just i philosophically i have this sort of objection to like um you know like making changes based on marginal dis- marginal cases like like on some level that's just it's just how it's a weird one, but that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. Well, yeah, and, you know. right. And you shouldn't. You definitely shouldn't make decisions based on one game. It's just kind of yeah. this, along with other frustrations with the way that offside is treated, is one thing in a list of things that I, if 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 I were the ruler of FIFA, that I yeah. That would- <laughs> write my <laughs> pen and submit to you for ratification, so you see what you think about. But yeah, there, there we go. That might be the way to do it. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, now speaking of grading homework, uh, I mean, you're the TA, you're supposed to do the grading here. I don't, I don't know about this, this, uh, incidentally, that is a role that I actually have had in the past. Uh, same, uh, <laughs> well, you, you progressed beyond that point while I did no. Right. Uh. <laughs> well beyond the point. So, so anyways, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't really have much in the way of additional notes until you know, we, we finally had Kai Havertz being in the right place at the right time result in a goal for us. You know, we had kind of the catharsis of, of his entry into our team finally. <laughs> yeah. I, and yeah, it was his first goal for open play. Obviously he had the penalty right. yeah. and they pointed this out, you know, it was a penalty in a game that was already over. Like it, you know, it's yeah. a nice goal, but obviously this is an important one because as we talked about, this puts us, be, we knew going in that a win would put us at the top of the table and we won. And so we went top. So to get the goal late like that, um, at some level, that's kind of a, 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 one of the nice things about Havertz is he's very tall. And so if we're able to like set ourselves up, we can whip crosses into the box. I saw the suggestion somewhere, you know, if you, if you run that play 10 times, you could get a goal out of it with a player like Havertz, who's tall and is, is, you know, capable generally of putting him, putting himself in positions and getting his head on the ball and getting it to the net. You know, if you can do, run that play 10 times in a game, that's a goal. And the, the kinds of opponents we're facing or the kind of tactics we're facing in the league, one nil could do it. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're in a very fortunate position overall. You know, they feel like tight margins sometimes, but, you know, you look at the way Brentford played, you know, we, we, you know, we're already talking about the goal, which is the 89th minute. 
honestly, not a lot happened in this game, right? Right. There's really not a lot to say about how the game went because for the most part, Brentford put 10 men behind the ball and we just kind of passed around them until we could find a good opportunity. And yes, they had a few chances on the counter and yes, they had, you know, a couple of, a couple of uh, defensive errors on our part and, you know, the margins are thin, but you know, the benefit we have there is it puts a lot of pressure on you to play defense like that for 90 minutes. Like you Mm. cannot make a mistake and you see it. They switched off for a second. Havertz got free on the back post and just nods it in and it's one nothing. And that's it. That was it. That was the ball game. Because they, I mean, they, they just weren't doing enough to really put pressure on us to really generate something going forward. Um, right. And I think for us, it's sort of going to be, and this is going to be a general thing. Mine is a handful of opponents. Uh, you know, Spurs went at us. Uh, obviously, City is going to come at us. Liverpool will come at us. But even even like Manchester United or Chelsea, you spent a lot of time sitting back and defending. Um you know, I'd be curious to see what Aston Villa does, you know, even Brighton. But, like, already, I mean, I think about how many games this this season we've seen where everybody puts 10 men behind the ball and we have to break them down. And that's right. just kind of what we're going to see. And, and you know, I think, I mean, I, I, ideally, our ideal tactical for our ideal tactical attack comes down the wings, right? We talked about the strength on the wings, Martinelli and Sock, how good they are. Right. But if you watch, especially on this game, and it was pointed out by the commentators, they're getting double-teamed both times, which means, of course, you have to change the direction you're going in. I guess you'd say that should be Odegaard, but Odegaard drifts off to the right with, with Saka. Ben White wasn't playing. You know, Tomiyasu, we've said a lot of great things about Tomiyasu, but Ben White and Saka have a much better relationship in terms of the overlapping runs. I mean, really yep. what you're missing is someone to be more aggressive in the center in terms of making those line-breaking passes, and that's Thomas Party. And that's, I think, an area where we're really seeing the lack of party being an issue, you know, uh, to, yeah. to, ha- to give us that extra dimension through the middle. Uh, you know, because, again, as much as we can turn this show into the Declan Rice appreciation hour, that's the one thing he, that party does that, that, that Rice doesn't do yet. And so he yeah. can't, he doesn't quite fit that same role. And so he can't quite do those same things. And so you, you, you it becomes a question of, what are you going to do to break down your opposition when your your ideal play doesn't work? Now, having said that, look at how we got the goal. Havertz is there, but who whips the cross into the back post? It's Saka. Right. It, it, you know, and again, he's a guy who's... He didn't have a particularly noteworthy game, but, you know, it takes one moment of genius, which he's capable of, and, mm-hmm. you know, 60 million down the drain, Kai Havertz scores a game. <laughs> as the as they 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 sang incessantly after the goal, which I I find that song hilarious. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I noticed you're talking about like kind of moving over um, to the left. I, I noticed Martinelli playing over to the right at least on a few occasions. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. And I wonder how much of that too is just like guys trying to find different spaces to move into, um, or maybe they're yeah. just a little discombobulated when it comes to. Um, you know, coming off a set piece or something like that. And you sort of run into those open channels, whereas, you know, once the ball goes out or something, okay, everybody resets and drifts back to their actual positions or their actual side of the field. Um, right. So I think that might be part of it as well. But I, I, yeah, I think we have to be, to a large extent, we are going to have to continue to be creative. And, you know, the, like this is, a, this is a good result. We ground out a win, tough play, you know, not an easy place to play, an opponent who's playing us tough. 
we, you know, we made some pretty serious errors, uh, you know, in the back, but found the opportunity, put the ball in, you know, got, got an opportunity, got the goal. And, you know, earlier to earlier in the game, earlier in the day, the big day, game of the weekend was, was Manchester city and Liverpool one, one right. draw, right. A win plus that draw. We're on top. We're yep. top of the league. Yep. Yeah, so also it's it looked from the table like they don't have a game in hand anymore. They they caught up. Right. Everyone's everyone is currently at thirteen games. It looks like that's the right. the, the current standings. Everyone is even at thirteen. I, I that's that's not surprising at this stage. You, you start to see that get really weird. Um when you start to get in after really after January, because that's when you start to see games getting shuffled because of European knockout competition. Also, as the FA Cup goes deeper, uh, you start to lose games. Like the first two rounds that we care about are the FA Cup, the third round, which will be the first weekend of January. And then the fourth round, which is I think late January, early February. Generally speaking, the league takes off that weekend because they know most of the Premier League will be playing in the FA Cup. Once you start getting into those later rounds, fifth round, quarters, and semis, you know, now it really becomes, listen, we've got to squeeze the league in. And if that means you have to take off because you or your opponent is in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, then you're going to squeeze that game into a midweek window that we have sometime in April. And that's that's right. when you start to see the games played get a little get a little funky. There was a there was a little bit of a thing earlier this year. It was, yeah, I think it was yeah, Luton was adjusting that had to make some adjustments to their stadium and and as a result of them you know as a result of them uh you know coming up and having to do more things. So that game had to get pushed later, but that's been made up. So everybody's on 13 right now. Um It'll get a little weird as we get to the holidays, but I think I, you know, we can talk more about the holiday stretch once we get through this one. I, you know, I were in. I, I yeah. talked a little bit about this last time. We have this. We we've played one game out of our our next uh, the next stretch of seven where we have basically two games a week. You know, the weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek, uh, which will take us through the end, uh, take us uh, through Brighton on the seventeenth, and then you hit the festive fixtures coming around Christmas and New Year's, which is I think is sort of the next sort of phase of the season. If yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. So are you ready for a player of the match? Oh, yeah, I think so. so um, yeah, who would you have? Just wasn't a very interesting game. Was it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had trouble uh, thinking. I, well, this, you know yeah. what? I'm, I'm going to say Declan Rice. We've talked about how good he is. Yeah. We talked about his limitations, but he's been very good. He was good and active against, um, uh, good and active against Brentford, and then you know the the save on the line was kind of uh, it was icing on the cake, a very a very delightful and sweet icing on top of a, a nice cake, um, you know, good workman like cake, I guess we should say. Um, yeah, I, yeah, uh, but I like, I second, I, yeah, I, I second the rice cake. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's true. I didn't even see that one. Ah, the pun I didn't see coming. <laughs> How about that? Um, I suppose Wait, you're the dad, so you should be making the dad jokes here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I was, I was thinking the same thing. If if I'm forced to pick, yeah, I think that was above and beyond the call of duty for a defender. That was top notch defending, and uh, I think in in a game such as this, you know, I'm tempted to to think of Havertz, but it's like, yeah, no. I, 
I, I've, I've, I'm still <laughs> a little hesitant to, to praise him too much. I, I want a little more from him before I start uh, recognizing him more. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think Havertz would not be a bad choice. I mean, you know, look, I mean, we've talked about him working his way in the team and all that. It, it is an important goal. Like, let's let's give yeah, credit definitely. where it's due. It is of a course. big goal, and to score it, and you know, he definitely got his enjoyment out of the celebration, and, and good for him. And and you know that that's all great. I, um, I, I suppose I could, if we're thinking about player of the whole week, I think we should throw a little a bone to Gabriel Jesus, who played the full game for Brazil against Argentina, flew you know across yeah across the Atlantic, came back and played most of this game. Right. Um, you know, and and again, he I, I that's just sort of me being excited that Jesus is back in our lineup. Um, and he played. He was subbed off at sixty-six minutes. I think I see here. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's just me more right. being happy that Jesus is back in our lineup. Um, you know, the more we get to roll out that ideal top line of uh, Martinelli, Jesus, and Saka, I think that'll help us uh, going forward. Uh, again, in terms of breaking down opposition, you know, having the having our three preferred guys at the top. So, just a, a special yeah. shout out to to Jesus if we're taking the internationals into consideration <laughs> for a. Because we usually ask the player of the week, and I think that, I think that's in that true, regard, true. it's a shout out. Yeah, the the player of the blank. Uh, there's certainly some <laughs> latitude in that. We've we've taken liberties before, and I, I have no problem with that. So should I change your official entry to uh, Jesus? I, I'm thinking I'll probably do some kind of total at the end of the season. Uh, no, we'll say we'll say Rice. I just want to give give okay. uh, <laughs> that, give that Gabby a shout out. All right. Um, while we're talking about injured and sometimes injured players, do we have any updates on Party or uh, who else? Um, who's the guy who we brought in who got to play like one match before he got injured? Oh, Timber. His name right now. Yeah, 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 t- Timber, Tim- yeah t- Timber's Timber's done for the season. He's not. Definitely. I, it, it would be. I, well, at least let's put it this way: he's presumably in the course of rehab and all of that. I mean, I don't. I can't speak to his particular progress because Arteta is very tight-lipped about injuries. I knowing having seen ACL injuries in other sports, I would be shocked if we see him this year. I do not expect right. him to play this season at all. Party, the last I remember hearing, and I have to look up a little bit. The last I remember hearing is he is probably not coming back until probably the new year. So I bumped my screen hmm. there. That's why everything got a little shaky. He's probably not coming back until after the new year, which means the next time we probably see him play will be with Ghana in the African Cup of Nations. <laughs> you know, not my not yeah. my tape, but my wooden table here. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that makes me a little nervous because, um, as we talked about, he adds an extra dimension to to our game, and especially you know, to, we're, we're, it's going to test our depth running through really from now until arguably the end of January. Um, I suppose the other option is option is we cross our fingers and hope Ghana crashes out of the the Cup of Nations in three games, which that happened to them last time, I believe. Okay. I, don't need, <laughs> I need to look that uh, look that up really quickly, but I do believe so. They, uh, so that's that's the hope that he doesn't get the chance to injure himself before he plays for us again, right? Or at the very least, you know, if they play three games, you know, then he comes back at the end of their group stage. Which hold on, let me pull up the schedule here. Yeah, Ghana is in a group with Egypt, Cape Verde, and Mozambique, um, and the top two yeah they're 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 going to the next round uh that would be that would be he'd be back you know late january as opposed to if they go deep in the tournament the final is february 11th hmm. um you know and that tournament uh kicks off what are we looking at here uh, january 13th you know we might get a game or two from somebody 
um, before um, we, you know, we might get a game or two from somebody before uh, we hit the holiday before before that. But I, the impression mm-hmm. I got was that he probably doesn't come back until the, until the Cup of Nations. Um, yeah, okay. uh, yeah. So Ghana did actually finish dead last in their group. I looked this up uh, twenty twenty one, and the last one, a group with Morocco, Gabon, and Comoros. So it was not out of the question, but I suspect Ghana. Yeah. So Morocco ended up making it decently far in in the World Cup. So well, yeah. But this was this was the Africa Cup of Nations. This was in January oh, of twenty twenty two. And yeah, right. right. But right. I mean, they but, they but follow. That team yeah, is, they, is in pretty good shape. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there that was, but that was a few few games that was obviously a few years ago we'll see i i i'm not gonna follow the cup of nations closely but i'll keep an eye we'll keep an eye on of course and of course we have we i suppose we have egypt and and south africa to look for they're both in it so that's right all right so what's coming up next week uh so busy one coming up as we said two games a week for the first for the next couple of weeks into mid-december um, we are Wednesday at home to Lons in the, uh, the group match day five of our Champions League group. It'll be Paramount Plus uh, and the, the various CBS uh, network uh, setups. Um, match day five, big one. A win against Lons would put us, would officially give us top of the group. So at home, you know, avenge our one Champions League loss to this point. That'd be nice to, to wrap <laughs> that up and be, you know, so that maybe we can do some rotation for the final group game. Uh, right. then on Saturday, uh, Saturday back to the league, we are home against Wolves, um, which is a game that we should do well in. Wolves plays generally pretty solid defensively, struggles to score goals, but a game we should we should do well with. Uh, that is, you believe you said this is that a Peacock game? I believe you said or no. This one is on USA, so it will not be streaming on Peacock same day. Oh, okay, so. right, right. And then from there, and then just to announce, uh, obviously to keep looking ahead, we record on Mondays. Next Tuesday uh, will be our uh, Arsenal our trip to Kenilworth Road. Arsenal plays Luton Town. I'm a little disappointed. Both of the Luton games are in midweek, and so like you can't. Hmm. And I find that I find that a little disappointing. But anyway, yes, we'll play. So yeah, we've got Lawns, Wool, you know, home to Lawns on Wednesday, Saturday home to Wolves, and then next Tuesday at Luton Town. Um, a, a stretch where we should feel very confident about picking up lots of points, and that's come to right. that. This is a good. This is a good space for us to get a lot of good. To get a lot of good results, and I imagine both City and Liverpool will be putting the pressure on us in their Premier League uh, games. Uh, you know, City, of course, has a champ. You know, City is still as a Champions League game, and uh, Liverpool is Europa League as well. So, um, right, we're all kind of in the same boat at this point. All right, just uh, throwing a little monkey wrench into our typical format. Uh, there's one question that I did want to ask that I forgot about earlier. Um, okay. So, you know, now that I've signed up for the free level of Arsenal membership, um, just because I wanted to get notified about shirts mm-hmm. being available or something, <laughs> something like that. I get match day emails from them now, mm-hmm. just kind of, and it's nice. It's, it's a nice format that they have that shows the form for both teams. It's all themed in the Jersey style that we're mm-hmm. wearing that day. And uh, just kind of gives a summary of the club's performances against each other. It's, it's nice that they do that. It's cool. Um, what I was surprised by with the Brentford email is this match this weekend was only our 19th against them. Are they a new club overall or are they just only recently promoted to the Premier League or are they kind of like a yo-yo club that is just not in it as often? Yeah, so um, 
So the the opening of the Amazon documentary, which now depicts uh, two seasons ago, now it was uh, the twenty one twenty two season. Uh, that game at we we opened the season with that you know rather embarrassing loss at Brentford. That was Brentford's first Premier League game since like nineteen forty seven. Like they they oh, were wow. in they were in the league shortly after the war because of course this being in Britain they had to shut down the league because of World War Two. They were in the league shortly after they got relegated and had been in the lower divisions until then. So it was a big day for Brentford to just be back in the league and, of course, to win against Arsenal. Everybody had a good time with that. Uh-huh. Um, but, that, yeah, that was a So, yeah, Arsenal's not played them because they spent a lot, most of the last half century plus playing in the second, third, and occasionally the fourth divisions. Um, that's why okay. we don't that's why we don't have sure. a lot of games against Brentford, other than being drawn against them in cups now and again, which hasn't happened right. very often. Why why would we play them? So we didn't. Right. Cool. Actually one Thanks. other thing I do want to and one other thing actually I do want to throw in in terms of things to look out for going ahead. Oh yeah. This weekend, we mentioned the FA Cup. This weekend is uh the second round of the FA Cup. So a lot of the so a lot of the teams in the third and fourth divisions, uh, plus a few lower ones. Uh, there's a just looking at your list. There's a team in the eighth from the eighth division, Ramsgate, uh, currently plays in the Isthmian League Southeast Division, uh, the hmm. eighth level of the football pyramid. They're playing in. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, they're they the second round of the FA Cup is this weekend at the end of the weekend, and I'd have to look and see exactly when it is, but probably before we record. I bet it wouldn't surprise me. It's Monday. Um, there will be the draw for the third round of the FA Cup, which is the one we will be playing in. So we okay. might have an FA Cup match to to announce uh, to um, an, F- an FA Cup game to throw onto our schedule. At least officially, the opponent and the site. We wouldn't have the specific date, but that would be, I believe, the first weekend in January, first full weekend in January. So just something to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, cool. Thanks for joining us at Gooner U. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and some other places, and we appreciate you subscribing to our show and sharing it with friends. If you're watching on YouTube, and we recommend you try it, definitely. There's always a link in the description if you want to see the current week's episode. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. To support the show even more, of course, you can become a Gooner U superfan for ad-free episodes and bootleg recordings available the night we record. It's only a dollar a month, and there's a link in the show notes to join. Thanks again to our, spon-cast- our sponsor, Zencaster. You can find them with our special link in the description. You can follow our show on Twitter at GoonerUShow for updates and ask questions. Again, my name is Dove, and you can find me on Twitter at Dove Frankel. With me, as always, is Keith, and you can find him in a pub watching Arsenal matches. We are top of the league.